0: Poop City isn't a place, it's the mediocrity of the American experience. From the perspective of two leftists reading the news, my name is Stephen and my name is Charles.
1: And our show is called Escape from Poop City. Let's talk about the escapes. Okay, well, if things get too heavy or we get too angry, we can trigger an escape. Which prompts a
0: thought experiment. Like, what is the most Gwyneth Paltrow thing about you? And the most you thing about Gwyneth Paltrow? Or decide on the Mortal Kombat finishing moves of the characters from Shrek. Find us
1: on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you get your pods.
0: You know you want to. What's holding you back?
2: Do it. Do it. Do it.
1: I'm genuinely a little bit upset sometimes that I'll never be able to hug a bear. It seems like it would (sighs) be—it seems like it would be so satisfying.
0: It is. It is better be.
1: They have a whole
2: wrestling move named
0: after it. It's so so fucking relatable.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't though. Just like really grasp it, Sean.
3: Sean, you can hug me anytime,
1: okay? Yeah. Here's the here's the thing, Rich. I think we're about the same height. I need I need something that's 7 feet taller tall. than him. You I need, need a bigger bear. You need a okay, you need a <laughs> taller bear. Okay. Yeah, I need like I need something to engulf me. <laughs> <laughs>
2: My name is Matt Kasdan, and joining me as they always do are my bros. From Belmar, New Jersey, it's Mr. Rich Sweet.
3: No ball check this time?
2: From Haddon Heights, New Jersey, it's Mr. Sean O'Brien. Hey, everybody. And on an audio feed, reporting live from Rich is bald, it's Tim Hansen.
0: Oh, me too. Samesies.
4: Oh,
3: high five. You're you you're over here for me. There you go. I don't know what i do it.
2: They get high five on a four board of screens. Uh, and two people are high fiving and Sean's disappeared instead of giving me a high five by turning off his camera. Which I really don't appreciate.
1: Oh, I just like me
2: hanging. No
0: (laughs) (laughs) He's like I'm doing it, you just can't see. (laughs)
2: It's my fault, that's right. Oh, boy. High fives, man. Virtual high fives. For all the
0: guys.
4: I love that album.
2: Of the guys, suburban legends beneath the, the the urban area. Legends,
3: I love those guys. They did a full Disney cover album. It was great.
2: My daughter likes Scott now.
3: Nice, you're oh, hey, yeah. you're, 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 you're raising her Scott. right. <laughs> yeah,
2: I was just like, yo, yeah, I was listening to some Scott because I'm like, yeah, I don't want to listen to kids' music right now, but this is like sort of kid adjacent you know all the horns and all that, and. Sure enough, when I, I asked her to play, I asked Alexa to play less than Jake Radio, uh, worked out really well for me. Nice, yeah, worked out well. She liked it. She's dancing around and all that. And, you know, she she likes that energetic music. Give it give it those horns.
0: So What's is is Scott the intro, and then you're going to get her into Mastodon later, so that she can be uh, just like pulling well, so out.
2: <laughs> what I found <laughs> in listening to a lot of kids' music, it really made me. It really put. Uh, like the music that a lot of people I knew myself included listened to in high uh, college into perspective. Cause I'm listening to all these like kids songs and I'm like, Oh, this is like Rilo Kylie. <laughs> oh, this is like iron and wine. This is like uh, moldy peaches. I'm like, Oh, oh my God, this stuff. We, there's kids music, all the stuff we wouldn't listen to in, in college. When we were all being like deep and watching garden state kids music. It's all for children. <laughs> You're right. It was a true uh, earth-shattering moment. It was like, boy, it was truly infantile, uh, that, that kind of stuff. But mm-hmm. not all of it. Mountain goats, good. Death Cab, eh, good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, that was, that was my that, – that, that, that put things into perspective for me pretty pretty heavily. I'm like, oh, man, this is just – yeah. Anyway, that was all the comments I had. And, you know, <laughs> that wasn't a question. I just felt like I – talk about that for a little bit why are we and, here uh, yeah and uh and now here we are i'm still going and nobody's helping <laughs> and i, help. I, I you tried, tried to bring it help. back i said why are we here i tried you to give you the lead it man nobody
0: came
3: i'm just i'm know. just i'm just letting you continue to go like just mm. just keep digging
0: hey everybody Appreciate welcome you. to the Brose podcast
3: yeah tim <laughs> go ahead do
2: the uh the thing that i always do
0: <laughs> oh
2: that's about oh, as far question. as this uh, next session when I'm out
0: of here. Welcome to the Brose podcast for those who drink Brose and those who don't. Because why the fuck not? We don't even drink Brose all the time that much anymore. Uh, but true. thanks for tuning in to listen to four bros discuss uh, some questions that are on our mind. We also love to receive questions from our lovely audience at brosequestions at gmail.com. We did that for like four whole years so uh send us questions like uh our lovely listener Alex Casnell of Alex Casnell on the Board of the Directors. Um minus the one the, that I randomly added into the middle of that band name. Uh so yeah, let's 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 talk about the wines. Rich, what you drinking this evening?
3: Uh real I quick, I, I, I do I do want to give you some notes on that, Tim. That was great. That was, what do you that was, that was what are you drinking? That was fantastic. That was Rich, great. What you you did an awesome job. You just forgot to say the premise of the show is.
0: You I forgot don't have to a say bell. the
3: most important word.
0: I don't have a bell.
3: Anyway, I'm drinking Josh uh, Pino Pino Grigio. Um, I had it left over from my birthday celebration. It's Josh. It's good. We've we are Josh stands here, so it's a good call. And Timmy, and what, are Matt, you what are you drinking?
0: No, shh, This is my show. You fuck <laughs> off. <laughs> and Matt, what are you drinking this evening?
2: Oh, uh, thanks for asking, Tim. I'm drinking uh, Gruber Boshitz. Uh, it's a it's a riesling. Uh, I'm not really a riesling guy, but again, this is the continuing effort to eliminate half drank or minimal, you know, minimally remaining bottles of wine in our house in anticipation of our move. Uh, this is a riesling that we had for my for uh for my daughter's christening last year uh that we're still polishing off it's a pretty solid riesling uh and uh just a real quick note uh tim excellent work all around you did forget premise uh premise is like <laughs> one of the long running bits on the show and uh you know, i just thought that you know if you're gonna be doing this segment of the show for now and for the foreseeable future it'd probably be important for you to know that so uh otherwise great job uh compliment sandwich uh you did great uh remember premise next time but overall awesome job <laughs>
0: Fuck you, too. Sean, what are you
1: drinking?
2: Compliment sandwich.
1: I'm drinking uh, Urban Riesling. I, unlike Matt, am a Riesling guy, especially after dinner. I like to sip on a nice sweet wine. Uh, And this is really hitting the spot for me. And if I had one note, Tim, I would say (laughs) that it's that you forgot to say premise. And I know Mm. you you might say, I don't have a bell. Uh, Get a fucking bell. I don't know. (laughs)
4: Yeah.
2: I'm glad you mentioned that, Sean. I was going to say something, but I'm glad that you remember.
1: Yeah, yeah,
3: that. yeah. I'm glad somebody mentioned the fact that you forgot to say the word premise. Um,
2: yeah. It's a good one. Yeah, you got to take ownership. Tim mentioned immediately. Oh, I don't have a bell. This is one of the situations you got to take ownership of the problem. Like take ownership <laughs> of the situation and and acquire the bell. And, uh, make it happen. Ding. Anyway, Tim, what are you drinking?
0: Tears. <laughs> Cause have. I'm a failure.
3: No, you did a great uh, job. What? You did a great <laughs> job. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's just one single note. Like you just yeah, did a great no, job.
0: I'm the worst. I get it. Uh, so no, I am drinking Josh's Pinot Noir because Josh, as Rich stated, we are Josh stands on this podcast, oh, yeah. and Pinot Noir is definitely my uh my wine of choice. Although a, Riesli- a riesling after dinner is very very good. Does Josh make a riesling? Now I'm curious. No. Well, while I look up If Josh uh, makes a Riesling Since we've now gone through our wines And drinking wines is part of the premise of this show Ding! While we answer some questions uh, Who's got a question?
2: I like Tim. Tim is just t- truly taking the reins this <laughs> this I like it I'm well, happy about this I was going to put my feet up and relax for a little bit I don't, I don't have to remember shit this time <laughs>
0: Matt, you relax Don't worry about a thing
2: I will. I will. Hold on. I'm gonna, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to draw my Riesling. I'm going to let Tim just
0: steer this ship. <laughs> We're going to be done Wait. in 10 minutes.
3: <laughs> it does It does not look like they have a Riesling. They've got a Rosé. They've got uh, a White. They've got Whites and Reds, but I don't think they have Rieslings. Which I think You've we learned. broken my that, heart. I think we learned that Rieslings are technically... Rosés. What? Didn't we learn that? Yeah.
0: I feel like you just made remember. that up.
3: No, I'm pretty sure in, in Sean's wine book that he got his rosé wine book, Rieslings are considered rosés.
0: Sounds like some made-up poppycock. Sounds
3: like a way to sell more rosés or more Rieslings.
4: Mm-hmm. Uh, Probably. Anyway, I got a question.
2: We'll keep things light and breezy, start this this bad way off. So uh, we're not all huge Uh, sports fans here on the bros a podcast but the varying degrees we all uh, have engaged in uh, the viewing or playing of of sport in the past and so i just want to ask this who's your favorite athlete of all time doesn't have to be best athlete you've ever seen play like anything like that like especially if you're only like watching sports casually who's just your favorite person to watch play whenever you've seen play uh you know whether it's football baseball basketball hockey you know soccer golf tennis whatever it is favorite athlete that you've ever seen do anything in your lifetime.
4: Hmm.
3: It's Frank Gore. It's definitely Frank Gore. Obviously. Frank Gore
1: just Gore. Plowing down the field. My man.
3: I'm I'm on I'm, I'm kidding. I just needed to steal that from Sean because it's the only yeah. time I'll ever get to take Frank Gore from Sean.
2: Oh man. Yeah. The only thing that can take Frank Gore away from Sean is Frank Gore's untimely retirement I, at the age of like seventy four. I, uh,
3: I think I, I think I said this yeah. last year on the show, but after, during our draft last year, I during our draft every year, I watch and see how many more picks Sean's going to be in before he goes auto. <laughs> and last year, I was trying to figure out if I should draft Frank Gore before Sean does. But then I was just like, that's a waste of a draft pick.
1: It is. Because you're not gonna get like I understand like you're not gonna be for the bit yeah yeah for the bit I'm not well yeah but for the bit I'm not gonna trade you somebody good for Frank Gore yeah (laughs)
2: sorry (laughs) although I I, I've seen you take Frank Gore like six rounds too early in a fantasy draft just
1: to make sure that you locked him in for sure. (laughs) He came up clutch every single time I had him. He would have one good game a year when I was playing him, and that's all I needed from him, baby.
2: All the dude did was get like 800 yards a year every single year and just, just net you like a solid nine fantasy points a game. It was beautiful. Wonderful. All right. Uh, so is,
1: is your answer Frank Gore, Sean? No, no, it's not Frank Gore. I love Frank Gore, but he's not my favorite athlete. I would say right. my favorite athlete was probably Chase Hudley. I think okay. he he was, I think he was really good at his position. I don't know, and he just seemed like a cool dude, and he wasn't like the best, but he's but he was good at it. I don't know. He was just like a baseball guy, you know, like he just mm-hmm. did it like it should be done, mm-hmm. and I was like, hell yeah, man! Like I just I was mm-hmm. stoked. I was just stoked to see him every. Day. Yeah, I mean, you Power
2: can hitting second baseman, Sean. Do you understand how rare that is? <laughs>
3: <laughs> uh, you can. You could also kind of say that for pretty much the entire 08 phillies team or roster mm-hmm. is like they, they were all like gr- great players to watch mm-hmm. um yeah well, a i don't fun team. i don't know this is this is a tough question because mm-hmm. like especially since i don't have cable i don't really get to watch sports anymore it could
2: be like and, say, if you watch somebody growing up when you were a kid or like maybe it was from the 08 Phillies team. Like if it's, you know, you're Shane Victorino or uh, Ryan Howard oh. or Ch- Cole Hamels. Who just, Cole Hamels just got his number oh. retired or me, mm-hmm. he just announced his retirement uh, a couple days ago.
3: Is he retiring as a Philly? Uh,
2: I think so. There was like a ceremony at the at the bank the night okay. you did it. Um, and then like two nights later, uh pitch of the Phillies just acquired at the deadline through a
3: no hitter. Pretty sweet. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: That was sick.
3: Got the no, yeah. And that's the same game where the batter was his first at bat, got a home run. It's the first yeah, time in like. like f- dad's
2: like crying in the stands. It was yeah.
3: that's like the first time that happened in like 30 or 40 years for the Phillies. It's wild. Wild. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm having. Yeah. Uh, you know, I didn't really watch a lot of, of basketball, but Allen Iverson was really fun to watch. Mm hmm.
2: Iverson's a good pick. Iverson's
3: a lot of fun.
2: Like he was like because the Sixers have been irrelevant for a long time, like a solid <laughs> decade plus uh by the time he rolled around. Yeah. And I mean they were awful. Like I remember when I was a kid, one one of my favorite players growing up was Sean Kemp on the on the Seattle Sonics, because the Sixers were so bad, I was like, well, there's no one i you know, really excited for Clarence Weatherspoon. like, <laughs> no, no, come on. Uh, and then Iverson came along. My dad was like, and my dad was telling me, I was like, I don't know, five or six or something when he was drafted. And he was like, uh, look, look this, this guy's really good. Like, Maddie, you're going you're gonna to like this guy. And he was awesome. He was an incredible, and, and uh, like, obviously huge culturally for basketball, but also just uh, a blast to watch play. So I, I completely get that, Rich. Mm. Tim Hansen, what do you think? What's your favorite athlete that you've ever seen?
0: Uh, I mean, there's just like so many options, so many choices. <laughs> because, you know, I'm a I'm a big sports fan. Oh, all, yeah, the, you're all, all the sports. Mm-hmm. Um, so, of course, naturally. Mm-hmm. Dude, I don't fucking know. I don't, I don't know. I, I give like zero fucks about sports for the most mm. part. I mm. found Tiger Woods very entertaining for mm-hmm. such a boring fucking sport oh, that man. is golf. Mm. Um outside of his extramarital shenanigans and shit, uh, I thought he was just a genuinely uh entertaining sports individual. Even Walkup. Well, he like one of
2: the fir- He was like one of the first like genuine athletes to be super successful at golf because like you actually look at me like yo, tiger's fit oh yeah Yeah. like tiger's in good shape like this isn't like you know your standard like doughy dopey golf or whatever like not to disrespect jack nicholas or Arnold palmer or gary (laughs) player but like you know it's tiger was fit i mean the, the fact that he i mean he was just he was just a and obviously, an incredible golfer too. So
0: yeah, and some of the stuff he he could could and regularly did on the golf course was like, "Are you fucking kidding me? No one does that." And it's like, "Yeah, why not? Because we can't." Well, I can. Suck it. Yeah. yeah. Um Well, had yeah, the and, whole
2: mystique about like he always wore the red on Sundays because mm-hmm. it was like, and I was like always threatening to call. Tiger's got the red on, you know? He means uh-huh. business, and he always kick everybody's ass. On really? Sunday, like the last day of the tournament.
0: Um, yeah. That that and uh, Chad Ocho Cinco, uh, I just thought he was hilarious.
2: <laughs> I guess it's the first time I thought about Chad Ocho Cinco in a long time. <laughs> Ocho Cinco, that's so good. I, the fact that he named changed his name, Chad Johnson, was just like I changed his name legally. There were there are juries out there that say Ocho Cinco,
0: like that's that's just like that is so just hilarious Mm -hmm. it's just like he's just owning his brand and it's like get it fucking get it man
2: and like he's it from that era like that era of football was like chock full of receivers with gigantic personalities like you had terrell owens Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. randy moss and like these these guys who were just huge bombastic person joe horn like guys who were just extremely entertaining to watch, and it was also before the NFL started cracking down on stuff. So, like, Joe Horn could go and pull, like, a fake – pull a a cell phone out of a – you know, the little pad that's underneath the – You ever see this? Uh, Joe Horn did a touchdown celebration one time where he hit a cell phone under one of the – that little padding that they have on the uprights. Mm. And when he scored a touchdown, he ran over and pulled the cell phone out and pretended to make a phone call, like, on the field. He got (laughs) fined. But it was hilarious. It was so good.
0: Yeah. yeah, I mean, as long as I didn't have to hide my dog from any of them, that's great.
4: Oh,
2: see, here's the problem: is that I'm one of my the one that came to the top of my mind was Michael Vick.
4: <laughs> <laughs> oh.
2: well, he's I mean, a and,
1: dynamic player,
2: yeah, incredible, <laughs> incredible, and like so. And Sean, this actually brings up. So I remember having a conversation with with Jacob uh, mm. about this, and and Jake was explain like, oh, yeah, Lamar Jackson's better than Michael Vick is. I'm like, no, he wasn't. I mean, he's like, no, he is. Like, he seriously is. And I'm like, look, you don't understand. Like, if you take the two of them and just put them side by side, yeah, there's, there's a pretty decent chance that if you took Lamar Jackson and Michael Vick, that Lamar Jackson might wind up being a better quarterback. But you have uh-huh. to understand, it's also about the marginal difference between Michael Vick and and the next best quarterback at doing what he does versus Lamar Jackson, next best quarterback doing what he does. Because, like, the quarterback Mm -hmm. position has evolved. And the reason it evolved is because Mike Vick (laughs) came into the league and was just faster than everybody, like, just running for, like, 200 yards a game, throwing for 3,000 yards and running for 1,000 in a season. Like, every throw looked – super easy, like he just flicks his wrist and throws you know, mm-hmm. it's it effortless. Effortless. He was just incredible playing the position. And by the time he got to Philadelphia, uh after he got out of jail, <laughs> uh he he was physically he was not the same player. He was a you know he's 30, 31 years old at this point, but he was a little bit more receptive to coaching and learned a little a little bit more of like, you know, just being the quarterback and running the playbook mm-hmm. and everything like that. And that like 12 games he played for the Eagles in his first season with their first, first real season with the team. I think it was a second overall when he was just like, he was a video game play- character. Like he was that video game character. And even before that, when he was on Atlanta, like he broke Madden,
4: uh-huh. like he
2: broke Madden. Like I remember playing with him in Madden in like Madden 04. And there's a play that you my, that you run with the quarterback spy. Is basically you get one guy on the defense whose whole job is to just follow the quarterback wherever he goes. Uh, and I was playing with Michael Vick against my dad. and My dad was so sick of me running with Mike Vick. He did double quarterback spies, which is in real football terms, stupid. You shouldn't do two quarterback spies. It's a waste of time. <laughs> but he put two quarterback spies on me because all I would do is run with Mike Vick. And I would still like I'd run all the way to run so- one side and then just run all the way back the other direction because he was so fast. It was incredible. <laughs> like it was just it, it, like, I, it truly, truly mold breaking as far as as far as a, a football player. I, I think I think it would probably be Vic and then as a runner up. If I'm gonna pick somebody local, I will say Shane Victorino. The Phillies.
4: come mm-hmm.
2: back on that
0: that nice. Series team. Yeah. Because
2: he yes. was like again, like not one of oh, you know what? Jason That's Worth. It's the Flying was Hawaiian, really, Hawaiian, right? The Flying Hawaiian, the yeah. Hawaiian. Jason yeah. Worth was actually in in the time in the period was Jason Worth was my favorite Philly at that time. But in retrospect, I mean look, Rollins, Utley, Howard, uh Hamels, all great. Um, but yeah, there's something about, Victorino was like that tier below where he's like, he's not a superstar, but he's a really good player. Uh, and just does a little bit of everything really well. So mm-hmm. I, I really liked him on that team. Any thoughts for favorite athletes you've ever
3: seen?
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, I like when Tim mentioned Tiger Woods, I just kept thinking like there are some really, really fun golfers to watch out there. Mm-hmm. But honestly, yeah, I, other than – um. Yeah, other than Iverson, I can't really think of any. Mm.
1: So it is it's, it's yeah. it is hard, I think, because, like, so to out myself, the only sport, and I put it in quotes, you guys can't see it, but I'm doing quotes, that I get, it is a sport, what the fuck ever. Like, so Frisbee golf is the only thing that, like, mechanically I know what's going on enough to be like, this person is good at it. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I played baseball for years mm-hmm. and years, but, like, I didn't, like, I was just, I'm just like, I was always just naturally good at it. I didn't really like, you know what I mean? Like I didn't put much thought into it. It was just like, it was a very reactive thing for me. And this is something where I've like spent a lot of time figuring out what's good. So this is, frisbees is the only sport that I like, I can watch someone perform and be like, and just be like, this is like, you're so good at this (laughs) with like confidence, you know, like I'm like. Obviously, you look at somebody like Patrick Mahomes, and you're like, the dude is really freaking good at football. But I don't know, like, I don't know enough about good quarterbacking to explain mm-hmm. why he's good. You know what I mean? I'm just like, he's just, mm-hmm. you know, he's all over the place and yeah. looking looking one way, throwing the other. <laughs> but you can appreciate the craft with, with yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like I appreciate, the, aspect, the, right? yeah, the technical aspect. It's not just surface level. This shit's cool, mm-hmm. right? You
2: know. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, when you when you know the sport inside and out like that, it's a lot easier to be like, oh my god, look at this guy. Like, he's, mm-hmm. the form is good. Like, yeah, uh, it, it's it's tough. Like, uh, that's also why I have trouble with basketball because, like, I still have like the fundamentals. Like, I love basketball. I still have the fundamentals from when I was a kid and mm-hmm. I'm like, Oh, that's a bad shot. And it's not a bad shot. Cause these guys are professionals and yeah. they got a guy in their face all the time. And it's like, Oh, that's a bad shot. We forced him into a bad shot. And it turns out it's not when you're in the NBA, like there are very few bad shots <laughs> yeah. when, when you're that good. So I have a little bit of trickiness with that. Anyway. All right, Tim Hansen, do you want to rotate us to the next uh, question?
0: Yeah, I probably should, right? Like yeah. move move things along, maybe.
2: Yeah. Let's keep mm-hmm. this on. Let's keep this churning. Chugga 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 chugga. Who asked chug-a,
0: that question? Chug-a. I wasn't paying attention. Am I that supposed was to pay it. attention? That was my,
2: that was my question. <laughs> Matt, Kevin, Matt, no.
0: Matt asked a sports question? That's fucking yeah, no. bonkers.
2: Just, just playing mm-hmm. a type.
0: Uh Richard Sean, you guys got a question? Got one in the chamber?
1: Hmm. <laughs> I'm so I'm considering asking another sports question just to upset Tim. Hell yeah.
0: <laughs> Do it? It's okay. not gonna upset me. I think uh, that's so, fine. Like don't use me as a reason not to. Name the last okay.
2: ten Super Bowl champions. <laughs>
0: yeah. Dylon, dialon, dialon, dialon,
1: dialon, What in your opinion, is the greatest sports moment of all time? what's like the coolest shit like that one if you were to if you were like if you were to be like i want you to like this sport or like like look at this look at this watch this mm. what's the coolest shit
3: mm, i i got one but it's definitely not one that would like really pull viewers in it's just definitely one for a fan like me and fan of the, the game and the team uh, because of the weight. Um, and the moment is Brad Lidge throwing the final pitch of the 08 World Series after the two-day rain delay to get us that final pitch throw. And him getting that strikeout, because I believe it was a strikeout, dropping to his knees and just throwing his arms up because he did it. That I get go- I, Even right now, thinking and talking about it, I get goosebumps. It's just that's ingrained in my brain for forever Mm
4: -hmm.
3: and just like uh, to to the everyday watcher if you were to buy the world series the 2008 world series like dvd set which i bought and gave to my dad for christmas that year um they cut the fact they cut between the rain delay like they don't discuss or have anything in the rain delay they literally just cut from the games delayed to we're back in the game. And so you don't get that feel of the day-and-a-half mm-hmm. wait to see who wins that series. And so, like, it's more impactful for someone who lived through it, who watched it. Like, I made sure I was off work. I made sure I was where it was going to be when it came back. Like, it was just something that I was like, I have to see this. And so it's just like, I will never forget that.
2: That was, a, that was mm-hmm. an amazing moment. Um, yeah. Especially because, I mean, it been... I mean, the last title in Philly before that was the Sixers in like the early '80s. So I mean, it' been yeah. like 25 years.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah. It was 20, 20, uh, 28 years since the Phillies won because I think they were mm-hmm. 1980 and then 2008. And Then yeah, yeah the sometime tugger. since. Yeah, it's just it's it was such a good win too. Like it was so well deserved. Like I said, that team was just amazing to watch that year. Mm-hmm. So just, yeah, it was just that's I will never forget that moment.
0: What's cool about that moment is the fact that, like, I know I watched it. I, w- I didn't give a shit, but I know I watched <laughs> it. <clears throat> uh-huh. But by by you describing, like, oh, Lidge and, like, even the game, I had no idea. When As soon as you were like, oh, and he went like this, I was like, oh, I know exactly what we're talking yeah. about because that image yeah. is just... That's, burned into my brain
3: that's that's the mm-hmm. image is him going up with down on his knees and the entire team coming yeah. around him because it was a strikeout win for the yeah. Ch- Ch-
2: Ruiz running out to him and yeah and hugging him on the mound yeah yeah, yeah. goosebumps man was, goosebumps was amazing i called your cousin vince guida screaming at the top of my <laughs> lungs uh, after that happened and he was like you need to calm down i'm like what the fuck do you mean i need to calm down i
3: i, I, I went to serious. calm up I went to Philly that night. As soon as they won, we got on the speed line and went to Philly. I yeah. saw the riot police coming out of school buses. I yeeted myself out of there. I was like, fuck this <laughs> shit, I'm out.
0: I climbed a crane. Because <laughs> I was going to Drexel. <laughs> oh, boy.
2: <laughs> that was that was a, a great night. That, yeah. Uh, that night. Whew. So I've got one that I lived through, and I've got one that I didn't live through that I just think is amazing because mm-hmm. it, it's just an amazing story. So the one that I lived through is the Eagles went in the Super Bowl a couple years ago, um, mm. which was just remarkable because the, the, football is my favorite sport. Um, it was one of those things where like the Eagles kept getting, you know the, the football the, the metaphorical football yanked away from them every single year. When I was in college, shortly after the Phillies won the Super Bowl, uh, the Eagles were one game away from making the Super Bowl and lost. And an hour later, I had to listen to all my Steelers fan friends go crazy because the Steelers went to the Super Bowl. And then two weeks later, they won the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. I had to be in the damn city. And I couldn't go home (laughs) to see the Phillies parade. But I did have to be in Pittsburgh for my news writing class to go cover the freaking Steelers parade. It was (laughs) salt in the goddamn wound. Um, So tough sledding. Uh, but then the Eagles won their Super Bowl, uh, it, and uh, it was just, it was awesome. Like it was just one of those things that like I never thought would happen, uh, and it happened in one of the most unlikely ways possible, where a bunch of guys got hurt, and, including the starting quarterback, and they still won uh, and yeah. beat you know one of the the greatest dynasties in professional sports history. So it, it was a remarkable story. So that was the one I lived through. The one I didn't live through, that I, I think, do you guys? So you guys know the, obviously, you know, the Miracle on Ice,
0: correct? Uh, uh-huh. in the the 1980s know, like... hockey team?
2: Yep. Fuck so, you. That um,
0: was going to be mine.
2: <laughs> no, 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 no. But I'm uh. not taking that one. Okay. Because a few years prior to that, the, the Soviet Red Army uh, did a tour of NHL teams, and they came over to the United States. I can't remember what the impetus was, because it was still the Cold War, uh, but they said they're going to do a bunch of exhibitions against actual NHL teams. And they're just beating the shit out of all these NHL teams. Like, like the original six. Like all the, the big powerhouses and everything like that. It's 1976. And they go just to there go, the Spectrum. And they play the Philadelphia Flyers. The Broad Street Bullies. The expansion team. Fresh off of two straight Stanley Cup titles. January 11th, 1976. And uh, the Flyers. So the, amazing for two reasons. One, because the Soviet Red Army. This unbeatable... You know, killing machine of hockey uh, had was mostly a finesse team. They were big and strong, but they were a very finesse team. And the pro- Flyers were the Broad Street Bullies, and the Flyers were so physical in the first period that the Soviet coach pulled them off the ice and made them go back to the locker room. They're like, "We're going to refuse to play you guys because you guys are playing unsophisticated hockey, and we're going to get all our guys hurt." They were cowards. The Flyers (laughs) made the Soviets
4: run away.
2: They made them run away. And then they came back, and the Flyers beat the shit out of them and won a (laughs) 4-1. They were the first NHL team to beat the Soviet Red Army. And again, to confirm, this is a single NHL team of I don't know how many NHL teams there were in the mid-70s against the best hockey players in Russia, in the Soviet (laughs) Union. And they won. That's great. And they won handily in front mm-hmm. of the, the the entire the spectrum fans. It's a great story. If you ever get a chance to 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 watch clips of it or, or read about it, please do. It's a, it's a really remarkable story because everybody talks about the Flyers and like they're a bit of a sad sack franchise now, and they get a lot of crap and rightly deserved for the way they've handled the franchise. It's like oh, they haven't won a Stanley Cup since 1976, 75. It's like yeah, but guess what? We beat the Reds. <laughs> we took down the soviets man we with flyers ending the cold war that's what, that's I, that's what I heard we i told not Mother russia
0: that. to suck a dick
2: mm. it's 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 really crazy like it's it's one of those things that like it's it's if i didn't watch i watched a special of my dad when i was like 10 or something like that and i'm like this really happened <laughs> <laughs> it's, it seems too it's completely unrealistic but mm. anyway it's a great that's that's my favorite didn't live through it uh, sports event. Mm. What about you, Tim Hansen? What's your favorite sporting
0: event of all time? <clears throat> I mean, I was going to pick the 1980s. Um,
2: Do you believe in miracles? <laughs> uh,
0: the Miracle on Ice. Just because, mm. um, like, I've never particularly cared about sports. Um, it's like, I'll watch a game, and be like, yeah, that's cool. I have a basic gist of understanding. And for at least a few years, I could pick out one person on the Eagles team and be like, "Darwin is on the field. Mm-hmm. Cause he's small like me. Um, but w- <laughs> when I saw a uh, miracle, the movie, I was like, Oh, that's cool. I want to know more about this. And then like actually watching some of the live footage and finding clips and different things. It's just like, that's, that's just inspiring. Like, that's not just like, Oh, we're good at sports. It's like, that's, that's a lot. Um, so yeah, it's fucking beautiful.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> I thought you were gonna steal mine. I was like, I will fucking kill you. I only, <laughs>
2: I only have one. I mean, yeah. it's great. I only have one. I only have one. There can and only
0: be the one. Fucking Philly special.
3: the Philly special. See, uh, I, I would uh, honestly like the Philly special is great, but it's not as ingrained in me as like anything else because. I didn't realize when they did the Philly special that the Patriots tried to do that same play just a little bit prior. Like I didn't realize that I, I didn't catch that. So I was just yeah. like, I, I didn't know. I knew it was a big deal cause they did it, but I didn't know it was that big of a deal cause I didn't realize that. So like, mm. that's why it doesn't like hold that leverage on me, I guess.
0: Oh, I don't yeah. think I figured that out for another like week. I didn't give a fuck. No, I'm <laughs> think... also pretty sure I blacked out that night, but that's different. You... <laughs> different
3: yeah, I had to cover your mouth at just one point. I couldn't believe the... that they, I couldn't believe they pulled that shit. Well, <laughs>
1: okay. it was. Yeah, I, so... I just couldn't believe it. So, mine for me, it was uh, the Brandon Graham strip sack was the moment then of that mm. Super Bowl that like sticks with me the most. When I was like, like it was such a oh, relief. Yeah, I was like. Fuck yes! Like it was just like, yeah. it was like I don't know. I was I because like I don't like I like sports. I think a regular amount. Like I'm not super into them, but but like that moment for me was just so cathartic. It was just like yes, and I was like, it was so good. Mm-hmm. I was it was just like as chef's kiss, beautiful, mm-hmm. wonderful. Mm-hmm. Uh, but actually, the reason I asked that question was because I read an article recently that said that there was so. There's a lot of backstory, but there is uh, somebody, the person who won the Frisbee World Championships in 2022, oh, 2021. It was one, it was one shot, and it was like this deserves. This is technically more impressive than every other sports moment, and I was like, right. that is such a take. That you, but man, it's so funny being in in like a a very uh, isolated. <laughs> Um, a very isolated community like Frisbee golf, because in the community, it's like, this is the most important thing, but it's like, guys, let's be real. Like, your man threw a Frisbee into a metal basket from 200 feet away, and hell yeah, that's that's special. But, like, come on. <laughs> what, what are we doing here? <laughs> the greatest moment of all
4: time.
1: Hey, last time I uh, I played a sanctioned round, somebody offered me weed. So, like, let's maybe <laughs> let eh, eh, eh. maybe take a couple steps back not take ourselves too serious
3: sean ever since i followed you uh what is it at Obi disc golf on youtube yeah. um uh ever since i followed you on youtube uh i've started getting disc golf shorts uh mm-hmm. and i appreciate it because like that is some impressive stuff to watch yeah um but like now i'm falling into the disc golf youtube hole of watching people make some impressive shots
1: yeah It's, there are some, uh, listen, 2021 World Championships, go watch them. It is the, the, the final, it is truly incredible, the finish, but it's Frisbee golf. (laughs) Let's just put it in perspective, guys.
0: (laughs) It it just reminds me that I can't throw a Frisbee to save my fucking life.
1: (laughs) Right. Uh, So I have,
3: I have two real quick honorable mentions.
0: No. uh,
4: (laughs)
3: Honorable mention number one. Uh, I was hanging out with Vince a couple weeks ago and we're flipping through the channels. Philly's game had just ended or was just about to start but not like still at a half hour and on um, on one of the ESPNs, they had um, a dog disc catching competition. So that's just the greatest thing I've ever seen on <laughs> TV and sports. It's just dogs catching frisbees. It was adorable. Mm-hmm. I loved it uh the other one and this 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 is the other uh like minor i guess minor um uh a uh, 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 uh thing was um at the end it was the the last shot that Michael Jordan was making against mm. the Monstars when he was able to stretch oh. his arms all the way across the court <laughs> to dunk that last ball to win against th- the Monstars. How do I mute Rich? I thought Rich you were
0: going talk about
3: Byron Russell getting taken <laughs> to the floor when Jordan <laughs> hit that shot against the Jazz. You're like, no, it was when he dunked on the Monstars. <laughs>
4: I Throwing loaded on
0: Zencaster. Is that an option?
3: I loaded that <laughs> up about halfway through. I'm like, I'm gonna say this as an honorable <laughs> mention. I yeah. have to.
2: When Jordan crossed up a, an actual player <clears throat> on the Jazz, no. But when he dunked on the the, the cartoonish spirits of Muggsy Bogues, Sean Bradley, <laughs> Charles Barkley, Kenny <laughs> Anderson, <laughs> and all those guys. That's that's the. Oh, Patrick Ewing was the other one. Oh my God, what a who's who. Uh, boy! all right tim hansen
0: so oh uh, yeah it's it's it's, it's me hi i'm it's i'm the question traffic. it's me yeah. <laughs> um all right we'll go with this one so what's what's one lesson that your job or your career has taught you that you think everyone should learn at some point in
1: their life It so can always be or fixed.
3: Or okay. It can always be fixed. No matter what error you make, no matter what mistake you make, it can always be fixed.
4: Hmm.
3: I work in finance, and I, if you make a mistake on somebody's loan, if you make a mistake on somebody's important financial documents, that can that's going to be caught, it could be caught, and you can fix it. You can all, you can, you can always be fixed, and it's with life. If you if you make a mistake, it can always be fixed. Like, all right, maybe the fix might not be the fix that you want, but it can always be fixed. It doesn't have, that whatever mistake you made doesn't have to ruin your life. It can always be fixed.
4: Hmm.
3: Hmm. Trying
2: to take everything personally. It's literally just business uh you're you're working with people in a professional environment uh you know you can make pleasantries and get to know people and know their families a little bit and all that but like look at the end of the day you're together uh to get work done and sometimes you're gonna wind up button heads and you know especially if you work with the same people on a consistent basis in your area or another area of the company or or whatever it is and uh look as long as you maintain respect for each other in that respect like that's the most important thing. Like, there are plenty of people that I work with on a day to day basis, where we get into like, not arguments, but like, you know, hey, they're, they're coming at things from a different angle than I am. And you know, I've got a different perspective, and they've got a different perspective. And, you know, there's a, there's a push and pull. And at the end of the day, hey, next week, you're, you're gonna have another deal that I'm working on. And we're gonna have to work together on that. So why be an asshole when you could just say, hey, look, literally, it's not personal. It's just business.
0: It's the way it goes. That is a great fucking point. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been I've been dealing with that a lot this week, and uh, <laughs> not knowing it at the time of starting this interaction, but finding out about halfway through, uh, I was I've been butting heads with like the VP of an entire product line, and uh, in industry for my company, mm-hmm. uh, all week.
4: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I found out like two days in, and I was like, uh. Kip, because my boss's name is Kip. Kip, did did I fuck up? He's like, no, you're doing good. I was like, should I stop? And he's like, are you wrong? No? Then don't stop.
1: Don't stop. He's being an
0: asshole. You're just providing facts about him being wrong. It's like, okay. But the the other guy was getting very defensive. He's like, who even are you? (laughs) It's like... (laughs) Does that fucking matter? Am I wrong? Yeah, I, got,
2: I got big boyed a few times in the beginning of my, uh, when I was working at another bank, uh, I got big boy a few times and it was like, there were a couple of times where I'm like, I know you're being a jerk, but... I'm just gonna you know, forward this to my boss. <laughs> like it's just the way it goes. But like it, it's it's it sucks when it's like, "Oh, dude, you're like whatever." Like, like,
0: see <laughs> like your vice president or whatever. So much of my current role is essentially telling customer service, "Hey, you guys are fucking idiots. Here's what you fucked up. Fucking fix it." So I was already kind of doing that in, you know, professional uh, like businesses. Uh, except I didn't realize that the person who joined the conversation was sticking their foot even further in the mouth was important. Mm. <laughs> and I was just like, here's why you're a fucking idiot. Oh. <laughs> um, Sean?
1: Um, I think... Uh, oh, it's that... Man, nobody is... Nobody's good at everything. So, like, your doctor could be a dumbass, right? Like, you are you can be an expert in certain things. A good example is my boss, whom I'm very fond of. He the the system that we use to do a filing, he has not learned. He has been working there for twelve years. I have been working there for four months. I know it now, right? So this dude just doesn't like, I get all all the time. I'm getting people who don't know how to open zip files who are making significantly more than me. You know what I mean? Like I, like I'm talking to people who are in charge of managing millions of dollars and they don't know how to edit a PDF. So it's just like, you know, I think it's just, I think it can be very intimidating to walk into a situation with a bunch of people who are experts in their field at things, but like, just it's, it's kind of my version of giving a speech and imagining everyone is naked is, uh, being like talking to my boss and telling him how to copy a formula into an Excel cell, like a cell in Excel. You know what I mean? Like just figuring out how to make a drop down menu, it's just I I think everyone know is that nobody it demy- everyone is demystified. We're all on the same level. Nobody knows what's going on half of the time. You can know they, like they they know so much about the regulations around mutual funds that it isn't it is insane. And I will never know as much as them, and that's great. But I know how to operate a computer, and so like you know. It's gives and takes. Mm-hmm. So I think it's just. I think it's just like, especially. I have a hard time where I feel like everyone everyone is an adult but me, in situations. But when I take when I take a step back and I'm like, okay. Like I know what I'm doing, and also, I can attach a file to an email. I'm doing good. We're all doing good. Everybody's doing good.
2: I would also say this is more general life than just, um, workplace specific, but I think it's, it's impactful for the workplace as well. Um, the only, the person who is most interested in your minor failings on a day-to-day basis is you, uh, and your... The, the idea the because I, I have a tendency to catastrophize a little bit and be like oh I messed something up in this in this write up that I did or I, I forgot to include this oh my god it's the worst thing that ever happened and you forget about all the other times you've gotten positive feedback or or, mm-hmm. or whatever like that and um and you know and, and the fact of the matter is is that everybody's got their own life everybody's got their own job to do uh and not everybody and not every conversation that somebody is having on the phone or in an office is like them secretly talking about something that you're doing <laughs> uh, like it's it's everybody's got their own stuff to deal with like it's mm-hmm. it's you know you're don't spotlight yourself unnecessarily I guess doing a good job yeah. but don't spotlight yourself unnecessarily mm-hmm. in that way
3: yeah, you're that not was, the main character that was something I actually said kind of said to one of my coworkers today she um she's been helping me out with a task that I've just been overloaded and overwhelmed with And, like, I used to only be able to do about 100 and 120 a day. Now I'm able to bust out about 200. She's been doing an additional 100, but it feels like we're still not getting any headway. Today, she, she did not have the time to help me. And so she emailed. She's like, I'm so, so sorry. I don't have the time. I can't do any. I can't do any, blah, blah, blah. And so I immediately called her. And I was like, never apologize for not being able to get work done. You did your best. Don't be sorry for this. Don't worry. You didn't get it. You didn't get it done. You didn't get it done. It's fine. Never apologize for that because you did what you could do. And that's, that's all that matters. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, all great advice, wonderful piece of advice. And I was trying to figure out like kind of a balance between the two perspectives in my head when I thought about this, which one is significantly more self-serving, which is CYOA, depending Mm -hmm. how you interpret it. And like cover your own ass is very, is like on, on the very surface is just like, I have to protect myself. Fuck everyone else. Um, and I never took it as self-serving as that so much as just like, I am putting as much effort into covering all bases and making sure nothing falls through for us it's just that i'm also not also but in that making sure that there is zero way that this comes back to me failing on my part um i've kind of moved away from that thought process and more kind of gone to over the course of my career gone to trust but verify um which I, I, I missed one of those this week. And I was just like, fuck. So my Friday was very hectic because I forgot to verify. I trusted that someone who's been working for this company for a few years versus my couple months did the thing that I explicitly told them to do. And they went, oh no, I did this other thing. I was like, fucking why? But trust, but verify. Honestly, that's just good business advice. I would say that's good life advice necessarily because that could come across as very paranoid and untrusting yeah i don't i kind of rambled on that one a bit but like trust that people will do the work but also like just an extra check-in but like hey did this get done at some point down the line or like following up and like oh did this purchase order get updated with the wrong information oh it got updated with something completely different the fuck Mm. Instead of just assuming it got done, right? Mm-hmm. Good
2: professional advice. We could be career coaches for sure. <laughs> Toads. Each and every one.
0: I I can't even pick a fucking career.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you, don't need the, you
3: don't need that.
0: I do. Hey, Rich, right, Rich, got a question for us? Oh, it's me. It's me. you, oh, boy. Bring us um, home, bro.
3: It's you, Crumpton. <laughs> <laughs> I guess you know what I don't. I don't know how well this will go. I don't. This this. I'll I'll ask this. I don't know if this is going to be a good conversation or not, but I'll ask it anyway. Um, Beyond just because it tastes good. Uh, For specifically Tim and Matt, and I'll answer myself. uh, Why do you eat meat? And Sean, you can answer the opposite. Why do you not eat meat? Um, Beyond just because it tastes good. Why? Why do you eat meat, or why do you not eat meat? Uh, I came up with this because I was having a conversation with someone a few months back. This is this is an old question I've had for a while. Um, where, like, they had mentioned, well, you, you eat meat because you like it. And I'm like, I actually don't really very much enjoy Like, I'm not, like, a crazy meat eater. I don't love meat. I eat it because it's cheaper than eating. It's cheaper and more efficient than eating, for me at least, than eating fresh veggies and, 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 and eating vegetarians. It's, it's, it is it's more economic for me to eat meat than it is to eat veggies and eat vegetarian. That's why I eat meat. I primarily eat chicken, which is the least meaty of all meats, uh, chicken and turkey. But um, yeah, I don't actually totally like meat. I just eat it because it's more economic. And so it's this is more of like, I guess a thought process on why do you, is there a reason why you, like, why do you eat meat? The size just because it tastes good. And Sean, you've probably told the story about why you don't eat meat anymore. But like, hmm. if you, I don't know how you can comment on this. Like I said, I'm not sure how a conversation like this could go. But boom, there's my question.
0: Um, I would argue that the price per pound of pretty much any vegetable that isn't organic, because that just multiplies the cost of anything by twenty. Uh, price per pound of almost any vegetable is definitely more cost effective than buying meat
2: or cost effective process- per pound, but is it as filling as, mm-hmm. as uh, yeah, I ounce of, of
0: chicken? Yeah, is it more filling the fact that it will physically take up more space and provide whatever nutrients? I,
4: mean, I, would, I don't know, yeah. man,
2: that's that's why wait, people so, don't feel filled up by uh, by Cheetos. <laughs> so, <laughs> so,
0: like, here, here's, oh, here's that's, that's, curls. that's, that's all, all, all air. Space. How, but not, like, know, if we're talking by huge, pound, though. it's all air.
3: The the idea though is how I love much that Matt's
0: <laughs> trying to correct me while sock puppeting his little hand stretching thing.
3: How so how huge? How, it's how much the size of an average cheese curl. <laughs> how much how much do you how much do you have to eat of vegetables to get your daily required intake of protein, or how much of meat do you have to eat? And how much more do you have to spend on the vegetables and such? to get that daily requirement that you need over how much you need to spend over the meat. I, I look, I buy, I, I spend $20. I get a week's worth of food out of the chicken that I buy. Whereas, uh, if I were to spend $20 on veggies, it's probably only feed me for, it's going to feed me for less meals. It's more, it's more financially economic for me to buy the family pack of chicken, cut the chicken breasts in half, cook them. And I have two meals a day for a week and a half. Or for a week. If I was
2: if I was going to play both sides, so I always come out on top, I would argue that maybe you can have legumes as well. Uh, legumes are quite filling, uh, yeah, and, and that is you give me that soy baby. That. Uh, yeah, get some edamame in there. I, get some north, so, northern white beans. So, but,
1: yeah. I I think you're I think you're right. I think that like on a purely economical level, like in terms of money, I think it can be f- more or less. I don't think you're saving that much money by eating meat. However, the amount of preparation that those things would take is, is much greater. Like in order to, to like, to really get the, the cost effectiveness, you'd have to buy like dried beans and then marinate them overnight. And like, people just Mm -hmm. don't have the time to do that. You know, I think it's, there's also a time investment, but, but I think, um, no, I, yeah, I think I'm in a, you know, I'm in a privileged space where I can afford to eat like basically the exact same as anybody else, but I have meat substitutes. So like some of my meals just cost a little bit more. Um, And I only don't eat meat for the environmental reasons. That's it. Mm -hmm. I think if, if we found a, if there was a net, like carbon net zero way to eat meat, I would 100%. I don't think there's any, and, obviously like i'm you want to ethically grow your meat like not factory farm your chickens or whatever you know yeah. try to i mean that's treat the animals humanely i guess but that's hey, a lot but of the it's reason... most it's mostly environment it's mostly the yeah. environment and
3: that's that's a lot of the reason why i like i stay away from beef as 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 much as i can because That is the worst on the environment is the beef industry. When it comes to food production, the beef industry is the worst on the environment. So it's like, all right, well, that's... it. I mean, I'm just one person, so how much am I really helping cut that down? But I'm I'm doing my best to play my part.
4: Yeah.
0: Um, I completely agree with what John was saying. Uh, That was actually going to be the next part. It was like, I disagree... The economic differences that much but preparation and getting it to a essentially finished meal is very drastically different um which is kind of my reasoning behind enjoying meat more and eating meat more often Is just like i'm lazy as fuck that's,
3: that's i know how perfectly to cook good reason
0: i know how to cook pork i know how to cook steak and the variety of its cuts in a couple different ways that are all going to taste delicious less familiar with chicken, but I can chop that shit up and throw it in something and it'll be fine. Like, those are things that I am comfortable doing and I don't have to think about it. I'm lazy. That's it.
4: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Like, I'm down for a vegetarian that meal that I know, but, like, the effort, the production costs, not production costs, the production effort, I'm fucking lazy. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to get real haughty here.
2: There are five days a week where I don't eat any meat at all. Uh, nice. And and so it's just not part of my meal plan. Uh, and so for me, the, the the question being, why do you eat meat if not for taste? The answer is probably no reason. It's for taste, uh, because for me, like I'm, I'm eating during the week. And and look, I, I didn't build a meal plan with the idea of being like, I'm going to be super sustainable or anything like that. It's sort of a nice byproduct. and I try to, you know, it's a nice thing to keep in the back of my head. Uh, become the weekend where it's like you know what I've eaten pretty well all week I just want I want some fried chicken all right you know I want a burger so it's it's sort of like hey I want it because it tastes good like chicken is nice and filling and tasty chicken wings are delicious and I, I, you know that's I sort of associate that with like Sundays in the, in the fall you you put on the birds and have some chicken wings and have a beer like that's it's 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 rewarding in that way which is not the best reason to eat food if it is not uh, considering the, the ethical ramifications, both from an animal rights perspective and from an environmental perspective of eating meat. However, that is, if we're being honest, that is the reason. It is because it tastes good. Uh, as Tim and, and Rich have alluded to, it is, is fairly easy to prepare. Like You can get crazy with your preparations of beef or pork or, or chicken or what have you, or you can just salt and pepper, paprika, cumin, garlic pep- powder, onion powder, all that good stuff. mix it up and make it taste real good you can do that too uh it's just it's tasty it's it's a nice reward and 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 it's if you don't eat it every single day it can come up as somewhat decadent as well because it's like oh man i'm eating a burger oh my god i'm eating a steak i'm eating chicken like uh, well done, like chicken thighs and steamed and sauteed and all that good stuff it's 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 rewarding in a certain way so uh, the answer to that question is, there's not a lot of reason besides taste, although there's certainly health reasons as well, because it's you a know, substantial amount of protein that you can get from a lot of meat products. Uh, and if you eat pork, a lot of saturated fat and sodium as well, which is extremely important. Uh, <laughs> to um, nom, 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 nom,
3: nom, nom. Which I, I honestly didn't realize how important sodium was back in the day. I I was always told I was always told like no salt, low salt diet. I did not realize that you actually do yeah. need some sodium and salt. Uh, but I I you feel need to like
2: You suck out all the potassium
3: from your body <laughs> by just pounding salt. Yeah, I mean the problem
0: I... is we just consume far too fucking much.
3: Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but honestly, I feel like as as a reward or a treat is a none. Taste an- as a good non-taste answer. You have it as a reward. You have it as a treat. Like, yes, it's because of the taste, but it's you. You did good the rest of the week, so you're going to give yourself a reward. I, 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 mean, I eat think some that's turkey a- bacon
2: tomorrow morning. It's going to be great. Yeah.
3: Exactly. Exactly.
2: Meat
1: is so good. I do to be it very clear. It's. Yeah. It is. It is so
3: good. It is, and that's why, like, I wanted to put the caveat of besides taste, why do you still eat meat? Like, it's we all know it tastes good. We've Mm -hmm. all been meat eaters. We all are, or or are meat eaters. Like, we all know that. Like, I'm at the point where I kind of want to be like Matt, where I'm like, you know what? Monday through Friday, no meat. And I was for a while, uh, pre pandemic, I was doing, I was preparing meal prepping on meatless Mondays and just eating that until it was gone. And once that was gone, then I would do like whatever meat stuff I would buy. Or if I went out, I would get meat stuff and that's it. Because that's, especially since I also have to look out for celiac. It's easier just to be like, well, I'm not going to worry about the meatless substitutes and the pasta dishes. I'm just going to get me that meat salad or like that, that chicken Caesar salad or that whatever I can think of.
0: Meat salad. Is this epic mealtime? Are we bringing it back?
3: (laughs) I mean, it's still around. Surprisingly. Is it really? Yeah.
0: No fucking way.
2: Years ago, my wife and I found a recipe for steak Caesar, which is literally just a chicken Caesar salad with steak in it instead. And <laughs> it's just like, holy shit, that's great. It was yeah. really good, too. Man, it's, mm. it's 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 sort of cheating is like Caesar salad, sort of the ketchup of dressings where it's like, yeah, man, of course you put fucking Caesar salad on a meat. Yeah, it's going to taste half decent. But man, steak Caesar is, my, it is it's,
1: so good. It's really good. My mom
3: really good. uh, back brock pra- pra- when I was, like, early early to mid-20s, she would have, once a week or, one, or once a month, she would have salad nights with, like, the whole family, and it would just be, she'd get a bunch of salad, lettuce, and whatnot, and then it would be, like, she would pretty much make a salad works bar at her house, and, like, here's pasta, here's this, here's that, and make your own salads, and she would have steak, she would have chicken, and be like, put whatever you want on it, and it was great. I loved it. I, let me tell you, I love a good salad. I love a good salad.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Especially with meat salad. Yes, meat sounds great. I would argue the current iteration of Epic Mealtime is not Epic Mealtime. It's just one dude who doesn't want to let it fucking
3: go. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, the beard dude. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The the
0: face of it is pretty much just doing his own thing because everyone else uh, got mad at him, told him to go fuck himself. So it's been pretty much just him for 10 years.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Uh, Tough deal. Any thoughts on the meat question?
1: It's yeah. delicious. It's it's
2: tasty. It's delish. Well, I've got me another uh, box of hot ones, hot sauces for the upcoming nice, uh, nice. football season. So at the new Shake Aznell, we could use some people to come over and eat some hot wings. I'm just saying.
3: I'm, I mean, I'm, I have I'm always a, free.
0: I may have a hot sauce gift for all of you that I've had for like four months and just still haven't seen you to give <laughs> you months. I
2: thought you're going to be like four years. Like it was no, since is since, since before the pandemic started.
0: Uh, well, it's been at least five months because I was still with the McAndrews at the time of receiving it.
3: And, um, and, and, now you have Richie who's been dealing with severe acid reflux for the last fucking f- five, six months like, man, I can't wait to have these hot sauces and kill my stomach again. You're um, gonna eat it like, and you're gonna like it. I'm, I'm legit excited but I'm also like, shit.
0: Any, uh, any other takes? Hmm? I think I Tim... would... Sorry, go ahead, Rich.
3: I was gonna say, I, I I think that's a pretty good show but Tim, I think one note that I would give you <sighs> is that you did not say premise at the beginning of the episode. Mm. that's it the rest of the show was great you did wonderful wonderful i don't job.
2: i'd almost forgotten that i was going to bring that up at the end but i appreciate rich going into that once more okay yeah
0: yeah sean any notes that's good feedback
1: uh no nah, just the premise thing i think otherwise it was pretty good yeah
2: <laughs> i think rich and sean are spot on i just want to echo their points uh on on this regarding the uh the premise situation uh yeah, otherwise great I, job tim yeah.
3: good job huh.
2: I don't know how
0: to do an outro, so I'm just going to say uh, bye. Great, <laughs> really cut some time off of that. Let's it's it's plugged time, everybody. It's not plugged time.
2: Podcast is on all major podcasting platforms. Yet yeah, da, da, da da We're on Facebook at Rose Podcast, Twitter at Rose underscore Podcast, Instagram at Rose underscore Podcast. Listen to our show anywhere five podcasts are bought and sold. Questions can be emailed to brose questions at gmail.com. Mary O'Brien compiles our listener questions. Tess Riley edits our show. Shannon Vogel designed our world famous logo. You can find Shannon's work at Shannon Vogel Photography and Art on Facebook. Excuse me, it's Vogel Art on Facebook uh, or at her shop on Etsy.com. And our theme music is the song When by Steven Siebert, whose work is on the Free Music Archive. It is time for plugs, Rich Sweeten, Twitter, all your stuff and get it on.
3: At B underscore Walnuts on Twitter, and you can check me out on twitch.tv slash B underscore Walnuts for video game streaming Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Sundays. Uh, my schedule will probably be all over the place during football season, depending on what I'm doing during the games. Um, but also, you can check me out uh, on podcast, the weekly nerdy talk show where all podcasts are
1: available. Sean O'Brien. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Hey, it's OB. You can find me doing Frisbees at OB Discoff pretty much everywhere except Instagram where it's OB underscore Discoff. And I would like to, uh, shout out Tess. I forgot to shout out her last episode, but the two episodes, I guess it's 80, what are we on? 84 now? This is 83. The second mm-hmm. and third episodes of the 83rd session were an absolute mess, mostly thanks to me. And she absolutely crushed it. You could not tell that I gave her like four separate audio files that were missing <laughs> pieces. Amazing. Ah, uh, yeah, that one where You amazing. kept getting losing your crushed connection.
0: it. Well, this this one's eighty five, yeah. right? Hmm. Yeah, so eighty
1: four. Eighty
0: four.
2: That's oh, how broken okay, up it was. It was from like other months that we did. Unreal. Those.
0: <laughs> It was an interesting evening. Yes. It was fun Way time. to kill a so Ti- test.
2: Tim Hansen.
0: You can catch me on Twitter, not X, because fuck that, at Tim R. Hansen. Spell it like umbop. I'm bringing that back from four years ago. And uh, <laughs> hey, Matt, how about you tell us about our bros over at Poop City?
2: Poop City? Let me tell you, man. So, the Poop City guys, they, first of all, been longtime friends of the show uh, going back to the anchor person's days but at a certain point the news became so depressing that they had to reformat their entire show just to give them an out from how terrible the news was so Escape from Poop city uh is from our friends formerly greg and jean uh who are now going by their real names allegedly they're two people my wife still suspects that they are one uh and basically here's the the idea the premise of the show tim so that's that's Real quick, Tim, when we were talking about premise, that's what I, I meant to bring up. So uh, so basically, here's the idea. They go through the news of the day, and if, if the, the, the state of the world, if the state of current events, if the state of politics just gets too... Too much for them to handle gets too gets them too angry. They can trigger an escape where they talk about something frivolous, nonsensical. Uh, the Mortal Kombat fatalities of Shrek characters, uh, you know, all manner of, of nonsense questions, much like you might hear on the Brosé podcast. So, if you want your your current events interspersed with some of our nonsense. I mean, the Poop City podcast is where you want to go. Escape from Poop City, available on all major podcasting platforms. Great friends, uh, long time, uh, comp- you know, partners with the Bros A podcast. Uh, love those guys out there at the Escape from Poop City podcast. How'd I do? Did I do all right? You, you did great. Did no notes. No notes. Are you sure? No did notes. I say premise enough?
1: <laughs> yes. Should mm-hmm. I say again? Certainly. Sure. One more time.
2: Cool. Uh my premise is at M on X-X. <laughs> X. That's uh M K A S Z N E L. Oh, when is this episode gonna come out? So this is uh the the, 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 the Tuesday the twenty second. Uh you know, it yeah. goes according to plan. we will have closed in our house yesterday. So I'm gonna plug us. We got closing our house yesterday. Yay. Yeah, there we go. We did it. Hell yeah. <laughs> two houses. <laughs> oh god, it's gonna be a nightmare. Uh yeah, so it's uh yeah, we'll, we'll plug that real quick. Uh so that's all. And Alex Casnell on the board of directors. Always. Go listen. Always. always. At Bandcamp. Always listen to Alex Casnell on the board of directors. Go find
0: it. Go Life changing.
2: Find them. change my life. It always does. Every time I, every single time I listen to Alex Casnell on the board of directors, a whole new path of my life opens up. It's amazing.
3: A whole new path. No. Say
2: goodbye to the gentle listeners, everyone.
3: Bye, bye. bye. <laughs>
2: For Tim Hansen, Rich Sweet, and Sean O'Brien, and the entire Action Moves team. Premise. My name is Matt Caswell. Reminding you all to be smart.